I mean, the message today um, is actually titled um, Grace. Um, we're going to talk about grace this morning and, and look at grace from a couple of different angles. And not grace the thing that we say before we have food. Although I must confess that the um, chocolate chip biscuits, I'm British <laughs> more than anything else, not cookie. We, we had a, there was a, dis- a debate over there with um, some of the distinguished gentlemen with the, with the white knowledgeable hair around cookies being American and biscuits being British. Um, so all I can say is biscuit, cookie, doesn't matter. They're good. They're good. Um, so, but no, not the grace we say before food, but the principle of grace as it is in Scripture. And I've asked Penn to just uh, read us three short readings out of a Bible. The first reading is Genesis 6, verse 8. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And we'll also read Numbers 6, verses 24 to 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. We also read Nehemiah 9, verse 17, part B. But you are God, ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abundance in kindness. Thank you. You like the AI-generated pictures? I typed in Noah, and um, (laughs) Noah seeking God or Noah hearing from God, and that's the picture you get. Uh, Noah just walking. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And I want to talk about this grace as described by the author of the book of Genesis. We need to, to understand that grace, we need to understand this grace, and we need to understand Nehemiah. So there's three passages that we're going to just touch on around this concept, this thought of grace. And the question I want to ask us today is, what is this grace or graciousness? Who is it for? And how do we position ourselves in it to live well? What do we do with this grace? Now, when you look at all three of these scriptures, Nehemiah, Numbers, and Genesis, the key thought when you look at the word grace is about favor, kindness, and mercy of God. Yet the meaning and the implication in each of these contexts is different. If we look at the Nehemiah scripture, it's actually about being gracious. And I'm going to use anglicized English today. So yes, you're going to get a bit of Hebrew, Graham. I'm, I'm hoping to do a bit of Hebrew, a bit of a, not quite a rap, but a, a something. And then there's another thing. So we'll see. We'll have some fun. Graham knows, Pastor Graham knows what's coming, so it's all good. Um, but in Numbers, um, sorry, um, I actually want to go to the Numbers one. In Numbers 6, 24 to 26, be gracious. The anglicized Hebrew word is vichunika. And it talks about grace, favor, kindness, and mercy. So when you see the word gracious, that's what it's reflecting on. When you look at the scripture in Nehemiah, Gracious, it's actually the Hebrew word chesed, which is grace, favor, mercy, and generosity 
of a superior to an inferior. And when you go back and look at Genesis, gracious is the word chen. It's the grace, favor, mercy, and generosity of a superior to an inferior. Now you're going, Dwayne, you haven't said much. You've just said the same thing over and over again. But wait, there's more. When you look at the Hebrew word, the Paleo-Hebrew, all three of those words have the CH, the CH sound in it, and, uh, or CHET. And all three words carry this thought, whether it's Vichuneka, Chesed, or Chen. And I'd like to just touch on each one of them. We're going we're to land on Chen, and then we're going to have some fun with the word Chen. But uh, we're going to start with the word Vichuneka. This is the one that comes out of the scripture from Numbers about, you know, God will be gracious to us. Um, and I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna say something here, park it because we don't have time to play with this word too much. Um, but in the context of the Numbers scripture, the Lord bless you and keep you, the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. That chet, that, that root coming out of the root word of chen is about the loving kindness of God. This scripture is about light driving away darkness and the promotion of life because of the loving kindness of God. Now that's cute, but that's a massive statement. It's about God meeting us with a smile on his face. That's what the scripture is. So I want you to look at somebody at church today and if you've had an argument on the way in, well, here's your time to I trust you've dealt with it in the I exalt thee, Lord. And now I want you to look at someone because God smiles upon you and me. This, this Hebrew concept of this graciousness is he is looking at you full on with a smile on his face of adoration, loving kindness exuding from him. Now, we're not God, but we can reflect him. So I want you to turn to someone and show them the reflection of the smile of God. And if there's no one sitting next to you, find somebody and smile. If you need to, stand up, turn around, talk to someone, and let them feel the smile of God on your, that is directed towards you, moving out towards other people. So this is... I know all the introverts, especially when I said to some of them, those of you who are sitting alone, you need to actually do something. But for the extroverts, yep, cool, one point, one plus, and for the introverts, minus one. Um, yeah, well, minus one for me. <laughs> so back to this concept. That's Vichunika. That's God's graciousness. That's God's grace towards us in that context. The second word... I want to talk about, um, so that's Vichunika, so the, the light, light driving away darkness, providing life because of the loving kindness of God. The second word is Chesed. This is found in Nehemiah, where it talks about this grace of God. Um, but you are God, ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abundant in kindness. There's a grace there. And this implies um, a covenant love, a mutual duty, faithfulness, and loyalty between two parties. One scholar writes that Chesed is used 248 times in Scripture, and this little-known descriptor, K, 
carries volumes of information about God's character while providing a glimpse of his redemptive plan through his very nature. It is impossible to truly define chesed apart from the fullness of God's character. Chesed's nature of love is supernatural, multifaceted love that can only be realized, practiced, and experienced in and through God. A classic example of Chesed in Scripture is that of um, where you've got Naomi and Ruth, and Ruth chooses to give up her family to look after her mother-in-law, and then Boaz comes along and is kinsman redeemer. There is a covenant, there is a mutual of faithfulness or relationship, um, you know, Jesus, you know, his birth, we, we, we've just celebrated his birth, we're still in the season of epiphany, waiting for the wise men to arrive, and when you do, just let me know, I'd love to meet them, um, but uh, we're waiting for the wise men to arrive, and we're in the season of, of epiphany, um, that we would have this realization, this revelation of Jesus's birth, his death, his resurrection, and his coming again. That is chesed, that's God's chesed. When in Genesis or in, in, in the Garden of Eden, when man messed up, God, man as in humanity messed up, God actually said, hey, I'm going to do something about it. God made a promise that he would do something, but it was actually, there was things for us to do as well. This is chesed. And then we come to Chen. This is where I'd like to park a little. I, my prayer for us this morning as I've prepared for this message is that we would have such a, a more than a realization, such a revelation of what Chen, what grace is extended towards us and all of humanity, that it will change our position and our action. It'll, it will impact us to affect our feelings, our thinkings, and our thinkings, our thinking and our behavior. You see, Chen does not imply a covenantal relationship. Rather, it implies the favor of the superior who has no obligation to show it to the inferior who has no claim to it. So when you think of Chen, this is when uh, uh, the scripture about Noah, um, and when we read in Genesis 6, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. That grace comes into play here. It is Chen. It says that God who is God has no obligation to show grace towards Noah, and yet he did. Noah had no claim. He couldn't say to God, well, I've been a good boy, and because I've been a good boy, you need to show grace to me. So this is the understanding of grace and Chen. And, and even though we talk about the other two grace words, and, and my prayer is that we'd understand the other two grace words, my heart and my prayer this morning is that we would actually get a revelation of Chen. This same grace extended to Noah that's extended to all of humanity. And what does that mean for you and me? What does it mean for our church? This grace. I promised a bit of Hebrew, paleo Hebrew. Chen is two, word, two Hebrew words, Chet and Nun. Chet is offense. None is offspring and life. To, an, to a Hebrew, especially in the times of Moses where, where Paleo-Hebrew finds its origin around the time of Moses, when they saw the word Chen, when they understood the story of Noah and they heard that Noah had grace 
from God, they would immediately have had this picture of offense and life. When they understood grace, they understood it to mean that God protects life. God builds a fence. God built a fence around Noah. Now, this morning, I'm not going to go into the story of Noah, but we all know what happened in the story of Noah. And if you don't read Genesis 6, um, it's all recorded there. But Chen, the scripture says that God said he would look out for Noah. It conveys the concept this thought of protecting life. David in the Psalms, when Pastor Graham said he was going to share a piece out of Psalms, I'm going, oh no, oh no, and you did use the word grace. But in Psalm 84, 11, David writes, as he totally understands this concept of Chen, that the Lord will give grace and glory. God extends grace to you and me. And, and do we understand it? Have you ever messed up and you deserve some form of consequence? And you want to impose upon some rule or some institution about why you should be. And the person that in that moment is, is I suppose, superior and you're the inferior. And you can't lay claim on anything. And they go, you know what? You're off the hook. That's Chen. That's grace. That's the protecting, the drawing a boundary of a boundary, a fence around life, around offspring. Time doesn't permit us to play with his words as much as we can. But David says, hey, I get it. The Lord gives grace. We've been given grace. We have grace. If you read 1 Peter 5, 5, um, here, you know, it's written there, God gives grace to the humble. James chapter 4, verses 6 to 10 um, um, has the same sentiment. We read these words again, that God... Uh, gives grace to the humble, except James adds the thought, and God gives more grace. So God gives grace. God draws a fence, a boundary around you and me, around our life and around our situation. And he says, around our neighborhood, around our country, no matter what's happening, God draws. This, this grace is sometimes referred to by, by scholars as common grace. God draws a fence around it and says, I am God. You can't lay any claim on this. But what I do is I give you my grace. Peter writes about it. James writes about it. And James says, hey, even more. Both Peter and James are referring to Proverbs 3, 34 when they write this because they're actually saying God gives grace to the humble. Noah was a humble man, and he received grace, a fence around his life. I'm sure we all want a fence around our life, or we all enjoy having a fence around our life, a fence we do not deserve, a fence that, that, is, a fence that is not given out of obligation or promise or debt, a fence that we don't earn. And yet, a fence that preserves life. I don't know about you. I want to inhabit this space called grace. And I want to inhabit it fully. I want to be there. I want it to fill my life. Because God gives it. God gives grace. Chen 
Imagine offense. My prayer, God, right now is you would put a, a wall, a boundary around everybody right here and protect who we are. Protect our lives, protect our finances, protect. Graham prayed in, in, the, in the beginning, uh, at some point they're in the middle of the service, and I'm going, yes, that's Chen. Go, preach it, pastor, preach it. That's Chen, the grace, even though war, even though grace, grace, God's grace towards us as believers, as a community, as a society, as humanity. So we've just had a brief touch on what is grace. We've looked at who's it for. It's a boundary to protect life. It's for everyone, all of creation. So here's the big question. What are we going to do with this grace? What are you and I going to do? Are we going to camp in it? How does this grace go beyond us? And if I had to ask the question, how would you see Chen outworked, not in your life, but through your life, beyond us, what would your answer be? What would my answer be? And I've had some time to reflect on it. What does it mean, the grace beyond me? Well, the way I understand it is it's simply to extend the boundary and the fence around my life to include my neighborhood and to include the neighborhoods. Of this world. If there's anything you want to take away from today, it's that those two thoughts. I have received Chen. A boundary has been drawn around me, me by God and all of creation. My job is to build, as they're there, extend the fence. Because there's people that don't understand the grace of God, the common grace of God. There are people who don't understand Chen. Now, I know if you asked me to come and build a fence with you, I'd ask you, can we do it in June, July? Because I don't like humidity and I don't like working in the rain. But as a community, as a, as, as a, as a local church in a neighborhood, are we prepared to extend Chen beyond us, to build the fence, to include the people around us? Where you work, the people around them your family around them. Uh, Yoli, if you want to come up, please. We cannot be God because Chen is God towards us. But we can. You just all proved that to yourself and to me. A moment ago, it's God that smiles on us, and we all reflected that smile of God to other people. And if you felt the room, it just lit up. That smile of God became apparent on everybody's face, including the introverts. So we can't be God. Chen is a very God thing. However, we can reflect Him and His nature. If Chen implies that God who has no obligation shows grace, mercy, favor, and kindness to Noah who has no claim on it, and he does this for us, then we can work at extending the fence to include others. Not because we have an obligation 
or that they can lay claim to it, but simply because we believe in people flourishing just as we flourish because of God's common grace, because of Chen. I don't think we've ever done a Bruce Springsteen song in church. I sent some horror looks. It's all right. Thank you, Jesus. But we're going to do a part of a Bruce Springsteen song together. He wrote a song uh, called My City of Ruins. It was initially written for Asbury Park, New Jersey, which is his hometown. And in 2000, they were going through a massive economic depression. And he writes the song to cry out for his town. And we're just going to do a part of it. You can go and listen, My City in Ruins. He talks about the church being empty. He talks about all these other things because people have just left. We're going to inhabit Chen. We're going to extend the walls of grace beyond our lives into our neighborhoods. We're not going to let our city be in ruins. It became famous in 22 as it was released as an album to raise money for the World Trade Center attack in 9-11, for 9-11. And the piece we're going to do, Yoli's going to lead us, I'm going to sing with him. If you know Bruce Springsteen, you can get up and groove along, but we're going to do a stripped back, cut back version. Now with these hands, these hands, your hands, my hands, just lift your hands up for me, please, and say with these hands. With these hands, we're going to do something. We've got agency. We've got the capacity to make a difference, to build the wall and extend it beyond ourselves, to take grace out of this place. He says, I pray, Lord, with these hands. I pray for strength. I pray for faith. I pray for love. We're going to sing the, the version. He also uses the words after the 9-11. I pray for the lost. I pray for the world. Why? because we want to extend the fence of flourishing beyond me, beyond us, to include our neighborhood and those beyond. Gracious God, my creator, you have chosen me to be in relationship with you. You have more than demonstrated your grace to me. You have extended this grace to include salvation through Jesus Christ, my redeemer. In every day you give me breath to be, Help me comprehend your all-encompassing grace more and more. Give me an increase of grace today and every day so that I can respond to your love. With grace in everything I feel, I think, I say, and I do. You loved me when I felt unlovable. In my loneliness, you presenced yourself by grace in my world, through creation, through my community, and through the local church. Now, God, give me the wisdom and gentleness in how I interact with others. Teach me how to have an open mind to hear reason and to show mercy and be grace in every situation. As Paul prayed in his time of need, I joined with him and everyone here in declaring God your grace is sufficient for me wherever I find myself in poverty hunger or feasting because of your grace teach me how to then boast in my weakness so that you may manifest your grace even more in my life and through my life Jesus you are truly righteous and praiseworthy you give us wisdom and guidance even when we face complex and complicated situations thank you for your grace 
choices we ponder and act in these moments. Grant me the grace to rest in you rather than to control you. Teach me how to trust you. I am aware that you send rain on the just and the unjust alike. Yet in my need, I learn to rest in your exceeding grace. When I find myself in a storm, I can sleep and dance with the wind because of the peace I have in your grace for me. Your desire, God, is for me to flourish. And through and by your grace, I receive this as a promise for my life. Fill me afresh with your spirit, Lord, to live this life that I, that we are declaring this day. Now may your grace, Lord Jesus Christ, your love, God, and the comforting fellowship of the Holy Spirit be and remain with me and us always. Amen.